is up everyone i'm peter dibiase and this is the buffalo blitz right here on the built in buffalo facebook youtube and twitter network i appreciate everyone that is tuning in if you're listening on facebook drop a like as well as youtube if you're on twitter appreciate the like or the retweet to get this going to a lot of people if you are listening today after on apple Podcasts or spotify i appreciate that make sure you guys download that and give it a listen and if you guys for a podcast, you can always listen to this version of the show via podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, like I said, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe to everything built in Buffalo, Instagram, Twitter, all social medias. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at DBIC Peter on Twitter. I'll follow you guys back. We'll be going to about 9.30. We'll be talking about the Dolphins game. We'll preview you guys the Bears game. We'll give you guys our game predictions. We'll do all that fun stuff. And as always, the comment section is open. So drop your comments. Drop everything you guys want to talk about. We will answer it tonight. And as always, our show is sponsored by Picasso's Pizza for the best pizza in Buffalo. It's got to be Picasso's. Every night is pizza night. Shout out to Picasso's, and we'll give you guys our Picasso's Pizza player of the game about halfway through the show. But we can't do the rest of our show without our guest. Here he comes, Lance. There he is. Part of, part of the Built in Buffalo Network. Hosts the sit-down on Saturday evenings. I'm correct on the Saturday evening. You Saturday at 7 p.m. Oh, yeah. But appreciate you coming on tonight, man. Yeah, Peter, Bill's Mafia. How you doing? I think everyone's doing good. I think everyone's doing good. But, Lance, before we get into – we'll talk about the Dolphins game. We'll do the Bears game. We'll do all that uh, fun stuff. But where can everyone find you on social media, your show, all that stuff you do for Bill Buffalo? Yeah, Facebook's uh, Lance Nelson. I'm not really even sure if anybody can search me on that. But uh, Twitter is at Mafia Montage. And then uh, go check out our YouTube page, uh, Built in Buffalo. And then also our merch shop on TeePublic. Uh, get our link in the bio of the Built in Buffalo Facebook page. Yeah, guys, make sure you guys follow everything Built in Buffalo. We do a lot of, uh, we do a lot of great things <clears throat> A lot of great things at Built in Buffalo. So do a lot of other Bills creators, but I love Built in Buffalo. But yeah, Built in Buffalo. So comment section is open. Brent's coming in. The Bears train is coming. We'll get to the Bears, no doubt. Big game on Christmas Eve, which is kind of cool. A one o'clock start before everyone does their Christmas Eve festivities or whatever you guys do for Christmas Eve. So happy holidays to everyone that celebrates and all that stuff. But we're going to get to the Dolphins game. So the Bills obviously came away with the victory on a wasn't a snowy Saturday. Big dubs. Became, yes, big big dubs, but became a snowy Saturday night. Bills came away with the victory 32 to 29. Almost, almost fully locking up the AFCs. Need one more win out of the next two games. But they do clinch a playoff spot for the fourth time in a row. Fifth time under McDermott in his six seasons as head coach of the Bills. So that's something that the Bills should be proud about, and that's something that us as fans should be happy about, but we're going to start. We'll start with the good. So Lance, I'm going to go with you. The good from the Dolphins game. Uh, obviously getting the win was the most yeah. important good thing, right? So that was uh, really nice, but um, you know, Josh Allen showing that he uh, is elite. He's the best player in the NFL and he could take over a game whenever he feels the need. So, um, you know, really nice performance from him in the fourth quarter and down the stretch there, we really got enough out of him to, go away with the win. And that was the important thing I took out of it. Um, obviously there were some players that had good individual efforts as well as Josh. And uh, as a team overall, though, I guess it's just, it's really um, getting the win and then coming in 
in the clutch. I think Josh Allen did the bulk of the work, but obviously he had help. It was uh, people, whether they were throwing an extra block or catching a ball that he throws, right? So, um, you know, good team effort to win. I think uh, the defense played good enough to win, uh, especially in the first half more so, uh, holding those guys to to two field goals early on rather than touchdowns there in the red zone and then um, getting away with, uh, you know, just 13 points in the first half. So it was a good overall team win and uh, closer than anybody would like. But honestly, that was the best game that uh, that I've ever been to, I think. That was literally the best game um, that I've sat into a seat uh, at Highmark Stadium. Um, so, I, you know, really enjoyable, uh, great crowd, great atmosphere. And, you know, the the Bills and NFL and those kind of people wanted us to not throw snowballs. But, man, we had to dig ourselves out in those seats. And, um, you know, I think if they shovel uh, shovel out the the bleachers or whatnot, that might help uh, avoid any snow issues if they if they really have any with them. So I think it was fun. I think, uh, you know, I, I saw somebody, you know, like one person got hit with a with a big chunk of ice that was uh, no bueno. But other than that, I think overall everyone was just having fun with it. And it was uh, it was a great time. Did you throw any snowballs? I want to ask. I want to get you in trouble. Did you throw a single snowball? Not even a single one. My uh, the guy that went with me, my neighbor here, uh, he chucked a couple up there and uh, launched a couple good ones. But other, I mean, they weren't um, ice balls. Though. It was you know the snow that was on the seat. It was packy snow. Um, and you know, I don't I don't see that they're like very harmful either. So uh, people are saying that. Uh, oranges would be less harmful than these snowballs and i think that's just a crock so yeah i think oranges would hurt a little uh snowballs usually unless they're just ice usually uh break apart when uh, even if they yeah unless they're solid ice but i mean i think that you know oranges are solid all the way through and snowballs will disintegrate uh especially with heat and things like that so brent brent's brent's not wrong here brent's coming in guys comment yeah. section. you can ask any questions see we we will put anything on the screen that's obviously not crazy but this is borderline crazy better snowballs than batteries i i i, I would say so i would say that's yep. better than people hawking batteries at players but yeah for sure appreciate it appreciate the comment um yeah look good thing obviously like the bills got to win that's the one thing like, i know people want to not want to complain but people every game they want everything to look perfect they want to beat them by 30 they want it to look like the titans game from week two but yeah. in the national football league if there's no strength there's no you're not judged on it's not college football or college basketball. You're not judged on who how you win, or you're not judged on your strength of schedule. You're judged on if you win the football game. How many wins you have at the end of the year? That's what you're judged on because that's how the standings work. So it's not a it's not a committee making the decisions. It's basically how many games you win. So the Bills getting the win, obviously the first thing that's good. So start with that. Bills get a win. You check one thing off. I think another good thing is we saw the Bills have that low in that third quarter, right, where they didn't do anything in all offensively. They were outscored 13 nothing in that third quarter, and the game started to kind of unravel for them, and you started slowly seeing the game uh, slip away, and you were, you're getting a little nervous. Look, the Bills are super talented. They can beat anybody, and they can come back against basically anybody. But the Dolphins are a very talented team and a very uh, good team, in my opinion. The Bills kind of kind of weathered the storm, got some stops, Um they had that fourth quarter drive where Allen had that huge run. I don't know what the total was. I believe it was, I think it was uh, 44, I believe it was. Yeah. It was a 44-yard run by Allen. That set them up in obviously great position. Obviously, he got the 
hit out of bounds that led to eventually the first goal and then the touchdown to Knox and then obviously the two-point conversion that was reviewed and then overturned to a t- uh, two points to tie the game. But I think the Bills, that drive, where the when the offense wasn't clicking through the whole third quarter and a little bit of the fourth quarter, and everyone saw it, the offense, there was something going on there. Was it the Miami doing its thing? It might have been that. Or was it Josh Allen getting strip-sacked behind a midfielder? Or was it when the Bills had a chance to get back on the field, Cam Lewis decided to absolutely rock the punter for no for no apparent reason. Like, let's just run the punter over. And yeah. like that was, yeah, that was that was a couple of things. The fumble and then getting getting a stop and then having to come back on the field because you do that. But I'm I'm excited how the Bills persevered in a game where they were backs against the wall, where they had a chance basically to give up. There was a point in this game where the Bills could have laid down and the game would have been over. And right. they didn't. They drove down the field. They tied the game. They got another stop. And they might have had that last drive of the game. It might have not been the most exciting drive of the season, but it might have been the most might have been the best drive of the season. It wasn't flashy plays. It wasn't going over the top to Diggs to Davis. It wasn't a 50-yard run by Singletary or Cook. But they methodically drove down the field because they knew exactly what they had to do. A field goal wins this game. We don't want to give the ball back to Miami because, look, we trust our defense. But in the snowy conditions, slippery conditions, Waddle and Hill can break one. You yep. never know with those two. You never know. We saw it a couple of times, and we've seen it in the past with Hill. The Bills did a great job with them methodically driving the ball down the field and setting up, obviously, Tower Bass's game-winning field goal. But it wasn't big plays. It was Allen taking what the defense given him, a dink off to Knox, Davis, whoever it was. Singletary had his probably best series of the game, not even close where how efficient he was. Obviously, the Bills didn't give get Cook on the field, which makes sense. I get not going to a rookie in that situation, going to a guy that's been in the system. And the Bills kicked a field goal. So I loved that drive. Well, was it nerve-wracking? Yeah. But if you go back and watch it and you're just like, the Bills had their most prolific drive of the season, how efficient it was and how productive it was. Shout out to Ken Dorsey. He's got a lot of flack, and rightfully so. But his play calling and his game plan in that last final two drives, but more importantly, that last drive, I think he needs to give a little round of applause to Ken Dorsey in that. All right. Uh, Ken Dorsey's absolutely a good game. I think, you know, I heard in an interview post game or, you know, uh, yesterday, maybe Monday, that he puts a lot of trust in Josh Allen. And I read that as I'm wondering how much Josh Allen is really out there controlling the offense from a play-to-play standpoint. They may have a script on the first drive that he goes out there to execute, and there may be more uh, wiggle room for him to check to certain things. So Mm -hmm. the first drive I pay attention to because that's like literally they're going out there with a script, I think, on their first offensive drive. They should be pretty damn buttoned up, right? And so then as the game goes on and things happen, so then you know the third quarter they come out, I assume they come out of halftime with kind of a script as well, right? Uh, a little bit lesser than than the the first one, but the initial script. But <clears throat> when they come out in the third quarter and just kind of lay an egg, and it's like just no, you know, no, we no, see no. we're getting beat beat up front. We're just uh, you know just making mental errors, like running into the punter. Just man, just beating yourself at that point. And um, it's good to see that I think in the fourth quarter you know, something, the kind of, the switch flips for Allen and he kind of says, all right, well, we're going to go to exactly what will work. And, and he knows, and, you know, I, I get it. We had a big uh, call from the refs, uh, but it was a, it was the right call. And, 
Alan saw that and you, Alan sees these things that not a lot of other people see. He's just a big physical specimen. He can see things others can't because of his height. And then he also can do things. And, um, you know, I was reading that what Dave wrote to us earlier, 30 uh, passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns over the last three seasons. And nobody's even done that multiple times in their career. I think Steve Young did it once uh, in his career, or maybe he has one multiple or he's the only one with multiple, but just incredible stuff from Josh Allen. Uh, and I really think that because of his intelligence and the way he can see things, um, that allows him to go into a fourth quarter really well prepared. And I don't know how much Dorsey's controlling at that point, to be honest with you. I, I, I really wonder how much yeah. he's actually controlling, sure. you know, fourth quarter hits. And Allen's like, nah, you know, we're doing this because this is what, you know, I'm sure he communicates that through um, the quarterback's coach up to, um, Dorsey, but I think that it's it's really cool to see and to have a quarterback that's that talented and that efficient and then can take over the game, sort of like as close to an NBA player as an NFL player could get, I think, you know, where yeah. Allen can really affect, you know, obviously, um, you know, you watch a lot of Chicago Bulls, so you wouldn't yeah. uh, know what it's like to have a player that can take over a game right now, but um, nice the Nick there. Okay. The Nick, the next sure do, don't they? Nice little jab there, I guess. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Appreciate that, Lance. Um, we did make the playoffs last year. I don't think the Knicks did. I don't think the Knicks did. Um, you did beat us two times. I think we play you guys again Friday, which <laughs> not excited for that. But uh, the Bulls are on actually on right now. I know they beat the Heat. I think they beat the Heat last night, two nights ago. Hey, the nice. Bulls are Bulls are ten on the Hawks at the half. We're not okay. Um. <laughs> I really like Kobe White, and I really like to – I watched the Bulls because of Michael Jordan growing up. I obviously mm-hmm. watched every one of his games, so. Yeah. One day we'll have a – just you can tell me about Michael Jordan because sure. I never got to watch him live. I, I obviously Michael Jordan, but I never watched him uh, live. Uh, so I, I, I was, Josh Allen is basically Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. I think that's what we just came around to say. Just we need we – need, I'll take the six championships, though. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get one the for the thumb. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get everything. We'll, but no, another good thing, I would say, from the Dolphins game, Dawson Knox, six catches, uh, 98 yards, a touchdown. I wrote an article in uh, Built in Buffalo News, and I talked about like uh, stock up and stock uh, down, and I mentioned Dawson Knox for a little bit because I think he's very key to this team because he's one of those red zone targets that, Josh can kind of lean on. And the sad thing about Dawson Knox this year is that he hasn't been utilized properly. I, maybe utilized not the right way. He hasn't been really in the game plan. It, it seems like he hasn't been in the game plan. When his target shares have been down, he's such a um, hit or miss when it comes to games. But he's had a couple of great games. He's had a couple of duds. He had it a very, is really his usage, though. And I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I just actually, I like I went through, I wasn't with any brand at the time, but I went through and was tweeting this out on an old Twitter account that's been deleted since, but um, I wish I had those. I went through game by game and kind of broke down every play for, for Knox during um, the offseason. And it really just, you know, he's on, you know, usually they're they're looking at one half of the field or the other, right? So when when a when they snap the ball, Allen's going to look to one half of the field and try to utilize the matchup he thinks pre-snap he has the best opportunity of executing on, right? Um, yeah. So Knox finds himself all, more often than not on the opposite side of the field, 
So, you know, if they're running, let's say a flood where they're going to bring someone across on a crossing route, and then they got two guys uh, to the right. So if they're bringing a guy from the left to the, on a crossing route, two guys on the right going to the right, Knox is that guy going left typically, you know, the one guy that, you know, and, and he, and he's usually open, but it, you know, yeah. it doesn't get that far before either Allen has heat on him and has to dump it off or scramble, or he, you know, sees the matchup that is, you know, the play is intended for and, and, and exploits it. So, you know, Knox is just often in that role. He's in that, um, the way that the offense is schemed and he's usually the guy that is, um, a potential outlet, but I think it's just, Allen doesn't have enough time to get through a progression to get to him before, or he's not comfortable getting, yeah. you know, getting through that far. So, and then w- when he starts looking for him, he's there and he, and I think he does well. So, you know, I, I, the Dawson Knox stuff is all, it's all an ongoing thing. Right. And I think it's just, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the contract. And then the contract kind of hurts his. Even before it though, I think people were, because I, yeah. before his contract, I was researching and going back and watching every one of his games. Yeah, look, I love Dawson Knox. I think he's super important to this roster. I think he's super important to Allen in the offense, but I don't think he's ever going to be like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle in his production numbers. And I don't think he has to. The biggest thing for Dawson Knox is the number next to the touchdowns. I couldn't yeah. care really less. Look, obviously, I want him to have yards because yards obviously moves the team down the field. But. Because we have Diggs, and I think Davis had Davis had a solid game, and I think we have some weapons. I think Knox's biggest thing is the touchdown. I'll take six catches, ninety-eight yards, and a touchdown. I'm not saying I don't want that. That's that's not where I'm going here. But I'm saying his biggest production needs to be in the red zone, and it's been somewhat, um, but hasn't been to the level of has was he last was it ten touchdowns he had last year? Maybe not nine yeah. to ten times. Well, look at Kittle too, though, right? Because George Kittle um, goes out. And he can put up halves or full games where you don't see him. And I'm being a, you know, it's frustrating being a fantasy owner. You know, it's like, I think that that is a part of the position. Right. And then also part of just the way these offenses are run. And also let's not forget, like there's other players on this, on this team and on the Niners. Right. So like other guys are getting open too and winning their matchups. So Allen doesn't have to go through all of his progressions all the time to get to Knox because these other guys are beating they're winning their matchups. So they're getting open and getting the ball. So the targets, you know, if the big thing, I think, and, and kind of the good from the, from the game, you know, to tie it into what we're um, talking about on our banner here is that, you know, we, we did take what we could get and we, we took those, um, you know, completions and targets to Dawson Knox when, when he was open. So I think that's, you know, where you're going with it. And I think that's, um, it's nice to see. And and we'll take obviously that production, but, but at the end of the day, you know, he's got to be a target in the red zone. And really like for, for me, it's like 40 yard line in to the end zone is where we really need to see like big catches. And I, I kind of wanted him to take up kind of that Beasley role where he could be that guy where on third and six, he's the one that's going to get open and, and get a big catch. Right. Yeah. No, 100%. Guys, comment section is open. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, drop a comment. Give us your thoughts. Dolphins game, Bears game. You can talk about anything we want. We're, we're here to 930. Um, T's coming in. Part of the Built in Buffalo Network. What's up? How you doing up, tonight? We show tomorrow. I always forget the time. If you're still watching, comment. I think it's 2 o'clock on Thursdays during the day. I think it's 2 o'clock. But T, if you're still watching, 
please comment because I don't want to get your time wrong. And I want to make sure people watch it. But I think it's 2 o'clock. A-Rich is coming in. Part of this. Part of the conflict of interest on Tuesday nights. If you guys don't know A-Rich, you got to get to know him. I feel like that's a saying. He always says that. I love when he says, if you don't know me, get to know me. So that's what A-Rich. But A-Rich part of the built in Buffalo Network. Ooh, I, I don't know if you see this, Lance. You see his little emoji? His little, that's uh, sweet. Habitat? That's a nice. Emo. How do how do we how do we get that? Like how do how do I get? Yeah, that? we gotta get one of those. How do we get that, Avery? Well, text me on the side. Let me know how I get that because I want that. Um, but this is a good segue to the ugly from the Dolphins game because you mentioned constant heat on Allen when you were talking about the play calling and or the, the scheme with Knox and which way he was going and where. Yeah. He was going. When you were talking about that, the the, the heat. So I want to talk about something ugly and then you can go, Roger Saffold. Look, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. I don't. Because in my, I wrote, the, like I said, stock up, stock down for BillandBuffaloNews.com. Guys, check out that for basically basically four to five articles a week. They do some great things there, and I write for them as well. And I wrote stock up, stock down. And stock down for me, Roger Saffold. And I'm not the, I love, I like PFF. I take everything with PFF with a grain of salt because they have their own system. They have their own ratings. They do the thing that they want to do. So if you don't agree with them, you don't have to agree with them. But Bills had 19 offensive players graded against the Dolphins. They had 19 total offensive players. Roger Saffold was rated 19. He had a 27 offensive rating. It gets worse. He had a 12.5 pass blocking rating. So, Roger, what were you doing out there, man? Were you just like, it was like a turnstile. I mentioned, I was watching the game. I was like, it was a, sub, it was a New York City subway turnstile. Like, he's... He's a and the worst thing is like I get it like Spencer Brown's had his struggles this year he's been a little inconsistent Spencer Brown and we need him to be better. You got to remember this is only his second year in the NFL for Spencer Brown and he's a third round pick so you can give him a little leg. I know we need him to be impact. Roger Saffold's a veteran, thirty two years old. He's been in the league multi, almost ten years I, I think it is. We you got to be better. He was tweeting about a couple weeks ago he hasn't let up a sack. I uh, think like vote me for the Pro Bowl, Roger. All due respect, man. What are we doing here? You can't not. Ha- you can't have a twelve point five pass block rating. You just can't. And the offensive line is starting. Not starting. It has been concerning. It's Mitch Morse not practicing today once again. Our starting center and that concussion issue is it's a little more. It's bigger than football. The concussion yeah, issue with yeah, Mitch no, Morse. No. I know. We're, I know. We're talking strictly football because that's what we do here. But we're also human beings, and we get what Mitch Morse is doing because he's been through a lot of concussions and brain injuries and head injuries is not something you wanna, not something you wanna mess with. Obviously, right. that's something you wanna be careful with. But for, in football terms, he's a major loss if we don't have him at center. Any game, in football terms. Ryan Bates, did he practice today? I didn't double check. Um, I don't I didn't see either, but I don't think that he was because listed as limited, or I don't think he was a DNP for sure. Oh, so he might have. Okay, I'll go try to. Let me go to find this right now. But I know Ryan Bates, we kind of, he's been an up and down year, but maybe second half of the year, Ryan Bates has been very productive for the Bills, I would say. And so he's someone you need, obviously, yeah. on the team. Um, but Lance, give me your thoughts on the whole line, because this is, this is something that's going to hinder the Bills' potential chance of winning the Super Bowl. Uh, Bates was full today. I thought that. I thought that well, was he was full. What I was, okay, yeah. that's a great sign. <clears throat> That is a tremendous sign because then you would on Sunday you would Saturday you would think the O line if I had to predict what the O line would be it would be Dawkins at left tackle it would be Saffold at left guard say a prayer center uh, Van Roten 
right guard Bates and then Brown at right tackle, right? I think uh, Bates is and Van Roon was center. Van Ro- was oh, Van Roon in that center? I think Bates was going to play center if he's healthy. Um, oh, you think so? I think he's the backup oh. center. And then uh, Van that. Roten would be. But I'd really like to see Ike, Ike Butker in yes. a left guard. Van and, Roten was uh, good. On sa- Van on Roten Saturday. can play wherever he's he going to play, right guard or center. And then, yeah. you know, Bates and Butker. And, you know, just give Seth. I just – he is listed as uh, as an injury, I think, with a knee or something. Oh, so, Seth, the yeah. knee side that rest. Yeah. With Porter. So it's like, I don't know how, you don't know how banged up he is. I'm not going to sit here and judge the guy, but my goodness, you have to, um, you have to be have some integrity. And, and like, at this point, it's getting to a point where you're really the weakest link on an offensive line that isn't terribly good, good to begin with. Not horrible. And so, you know, the only problem I had with Saffold being in your stock down was I don't know if his stock could get any lower for me. <laughs> you know, I went up, I got roasted on our show in the comments because I already said, you know, he's doing nothing for us two weeks ago. And someone said that they didn't like my attitude because I said that. But it's true. Like, he's giving us literally yeah, I'm nothing. Not trying to be, I'm not trying to so be negative here. I'm yeah, trying to support but, everything and prop up. I'm a Bills fan at the end of the day. It's, we want this guy to be incredible. We want this guy yeah. to succeed because if this guy succeeds, it helps the team. And at the end of the day, we all root for the Bills, but we, you have to kind of have to see it. You have to like tell how you see it. And I'm I, had, not, I, I also had high hopes for Roger coming in too, yeah. just saying, "Oh man, this is a good signing. I really like the way he can help us." And I don't see the help, so it's it's really tough. I think the ugly for me also is the Mitch Morse thing. He's got a history of concussions. He got another one, and he's had one with us. I think he had it last year. So at this point, it's just becoming recurring. And the the real ugly from the Dolphins game is how we see what our offensive line depth really is and, and what pieces we really have. And it's a lot of uncertainty, honestly. There's nothing there saying, like, other than Dawkins, and maybe you can say Spencer Brown, but with how he's played, he's not really there for me right now, is that out of Doc, out of five guys, you have one that you're guaranteed to see back next year. I think Bates, I would, I would, I would see, I feel like you, cause I think, I don't think you see Bates back. I think Bates has been very good the second half. Like I think, I think I've seen uptick. I also think yeah. Bates comes back. Well, he just so, signed a new contract. He'll, he also, he'll be back. It's also that, but it's also like how many O-line you get to replace. Right. Like, it's a lot. But, but how good is he though? That's what I'm saying. You know, it depends on where they're going to put him, where he's going to fit in. Cause he could also slot in at left guard next to Dawkins and they could bring in center through right tackle. Potentially. My, my thing for like, for the, if you, thinking of the draft and we're going off topic it would be a Dawkins it would be you draft a left guard you would center position I'm going to put a question mark next to it at this point then you keep Bates at right guard and then you draft the right tackle on day two maybe the third round to compete with Spencer Brown and then yeah, we'll if, have to see well, what Bucker looks like coming yes. back too. And but if Morse is like super serious and he's done, then you forget the right tackle and you go get a center in the draft. Yeah, for sure. You go get a center in the first round. Or a second round, or the best available center in my opinion. But I want, I want, I want to go to this comment, guys. You guys can comment as always. Uh, Keith is coming in. That rush by Allen was horrible. Dolphins had the line locked down. We got lucky. There was no reason to have a design quarterback rush at that point of the game. Lance, is he? Do you think he's talking about the one that the forty-four yard run, or do you think he's talking about the one that when Allen was shoved out of bounds? I'm not sure. I'll have to, I don't know if, if you're still watching there, Keith. Just let us know which play you're, you're talking about. But I, I think know. the, you know, um, 
I don't, there's think... also been a couple of read options that we ran. I noticed as well yeah. where Allen really needed to hand off the, it's like the opposite. I, he like pre reads the read option or he did on Saturday when I watched it because both times, I think he handed off twice at least that I like really watched and he should have kept. And then he kept at least twice when he should have handed off. And even, even if the one play, and I don't know if this is the one he's talking about, but the one play where it wouldn't have, uh, oh, the two point conversion. Oh, well, he got no, no, I, I, I just, so I, I disagree. I love that play call. He got it. I don't know. I love that yeah. play call. You're, you're, at the, you remember, you're at the one yard line. Um, well, I mean, he's six five. He can uh, just have to reach the point of the ball over. Ooh, all right. Now we're talking. Okay. <laughs> Not clicking that uh, comment. Um, if you're on YouTube, you know what? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you got out of him. Ah. Yeah. I got to play. Um, so I don't, I didn't mind that play call at all. Keith, not to go yeah, at you, but I, I understand. What you you're saying, but I like, what are you going to do? do? You're going to throw the ball on the one yard line a la Seahawks. Well, I'd rather know, that than ball? hand it off to Devin Singletary in the backfield, six yards behind the line. I, yeah. I, I look, I get it. It's dangerous. It's our best chance. I mean, putting the ball in Allen's hands is the best chance to get the two points or any points ever. So, I mean, when yeah. you, it, I get it. Like it's dangerous with Allen because your team goes as far as Josh Allen goes health wise. But we, I always say the biggest, when, when it comes to Allen's running, I don't love it all the time and I don't think we need it all the time. But when the game is on the line, let him use his legs. The game was not on the line, but it was getting pretty close to on the line there. It pretty much was. I mean, that was yeah. the tying. We did end yeah. up getting we another that possession, game. but I don't think it was guaranteed we would have got another possession. No. So you needed that two point conversion. And he got that two-point conversion. Look, was it a little sketchy? Yeah. Do you want Allen flying through there all the time? No. I don't hate the play call at all. You got a 6'5", 250-pound quarterback from one yard. He's going to get in you that, more. In that situation, fourth yard. quarter of a game where you're essentially clinching the division here and keeping your one-seed hopes alive, I mean, you know, you're, it's just risk-reward. And I think, the you know, they, Allen's going to take that into his hands in that kind of situation and and – take it upon himself to get those points that we need. And that's the unfortunate truth we've got to accept is the, what you said is we're going to go. Lance, did I lose you? Might have lost Lance. Okay, I don't know if you guys can hear me on this end, but I think I lost Lance. Pretty sure I just lost Lance. Okay, so we're going to keep going. Um, yeah, somebody, if someone can comment, they can hear me right now. That would be awesome because I think I'm still here and I think Lance is gone at the moment. But I don't know because I don't know. Okay, but no, Lance was basically getting at that point. We go as far as Allen goes, and we need Allen to. Um, thank you, Keith. Appreciate it, Keith. Thank you for saying we got you. That's uh, that's uh, very helpful to know that you got me because I don't know what happened to Lance. I have no idea what happened to Lance. So we're gonna keep going here. Appreciate everyone that is tuning into the to the Buffalo Blitz on Bo Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, or uh, Twitter network wherever you guys get your content. Keith, you coming in. Thank you. 
they got it just by an inch. They could have rolled out to the left or right and not take the chance of getting stuffed. Yeah, look, I agree. I don't hate the Allen running the the QB QB power, excuse me, the QB power to the right or the QB power to the left. Keith, I agree with you on that point. I do. I I think I I'm not against the Bills rolling that out to the left or the right. I, the thing is where I disagree with you is that it's one yard. Look, was it a great play? No, like was the execution great? No. Was the result? Yeah, you got two points. You move on, and Allen's okay. But yeah, I get it. If you want Allen run out to the left, you roll out to the right, kind of that QB power. I'm never against those plays. I am never against those plays. I have no idea what happened to Lance. That is, uh, um, yeah, no idea what happened to Lance. That is, uh, that is crazy. But hey, guys, you live and. You'll learn. So let me let me let me change my backdrop here because um one man show. Let's try to get the one man show going here. Um as I'm trying to get the perfect. I got the one man show. But yeah. It's it's you gotta do what you gotta do here. Uh yeah, Lance's yeah, we got the two points. Isabel's coming on. We got the two points. Appreciate Appreciate the comment. I'm a little flabbergasted right now. I'm trying to get the two. I'm trying to get the full lay on here. It's not working for me for some reason. Don't know why. I'm getting texts from people left and right. Um, yeah, it's crazy stuff happens on the Buffalo Blitz. Crazy stuff <laughs> happens on the Buffalo Blitz. Um, but what is new? What is new? I don't know how to get the full. Uh, I'm trying to get the. The full background here, but for some reason it's uh it's not working for me. I'm gonna try to remove remove myself. Let's see if this works. Nope, nope, nope. Oh man, I'm gonna remove my. That's the best we're gonna do, but maybe that is the background. But yeah, we're gonna keep rolling here. We're gonna keep rolling here, guys. Keep dropping comments. Keep dropping likes. Lance just texted me. He said his PC that he's uh, streaming on, that he watches on, or that he does the show on, went black. So his PC crashed on him. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff, guys. Crazy, 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 crazy stuff. Um, coming. If we use Knox as more than a blocker, we'll win the Super Bowl. Look, I think they're trying to use Knox. I, this, is, this has been a hot topic for everybody in uh, Bill's Mafia community. They want more of Knox. And I agree. I think Knox is a very productive player. We saw what he did. On, on Saturday night. Cut the game winning touchdown. He had six catches for 98 yards. He had a 45-yard catch. He was very good. He was probably his best game of the season. If I'm, if I'm missing something, let me know. But I like Doc, Dawson Knox. I just don't think, and if you missed this earlier, Lance was talking about how the tight end position in the NFL's like, production-wise is down. You can see if you play fantasy football. The tight end position is not as good as it used to be. Unless you have Travis Kelsey. But he's a number one option. There's not a lot of number one options on NFL teams. George Kittle is not the number one option on the 49ers when Debo Samuel's healthy. Even when Brandon Ayuk is healthy. So it kind of gets uh kind of gets uh kind of gets crazy here when it uh turns into uh the tight end position outside of the likes of Travis Kelsey, because he's he's a uh, a difference maker when it comes to tight end. But I look, I think Knox, if you use him more than a blocker, I think Knox is very critical of this team. I think we've mentioned this multiple times. I think Knox is very productive here. Lance, I'm bringing you back on, my man. 
I am bringing you back on. We're going to go get rid of the overlay. We're going to go back to the two-person. Add a stream. What the heck happened, dude? Dude, just blanked right in the middle of me talking. That's so weird. Well, yeah, because I was... uh, You were talking. You froze. Your screen froze. And then I was just... It was just quiet. And I was like, "Who am I frozen? Can they hear me? And then Keith saved me there. We got you. So... It was like, and then you just left, and I was like, "Oh, so you you okay? The, the hackers, the hackers didn't hackers didn't take you out? Oh, okay. Ah, uh, fun stuff, fun stuff, fun stuff. Uh, Knox doesn't have to be the number one option; he just needs targets. No, I agree. I think this is what I've been touching on. I think Lance touched on this. Knox needs targets; he gets targets. But there's so many targets you can throw around here. There's not that. There's not a ton of op. Like, where was I going here? There's a lot of mouths to feed when it comes to the offense. Not everyone's going to get their thing. And when you have a guy that gets the target share that Stefan Diggs does, then it kind of limits the amount of targets you can get other weapons. Lance, give me the give me the thumbs up when you're back all when you're all good again. Um, but yeah, it's tough when you have a wide receiver like Diggs. And Diggs is great, and we need Diggs, one of the best receivers in the NFL, when he gets that target share. It just decreases the amount of targets you can kind of have for other people. So, yeah, that is very important for the Bills. Um, But, yeah, I think if you're Knox, Knox is very critical to this team. He's very important. The Bills gave him a contract extension, and a pretty good contract extension, pretty clearly indicating that he's important to this team. And I think the Bills need Dawson Knox uh, down the stretch. Keith... Oh, hello, Keith. This is a big count. I'm not complaining that we got the two-point. Obviously, I'm just saying that we have a better plays and we need to use them, especially when our O-line is getting back and beat the Dolphins when I was stopping the line. It was a dangerous play call. I'll leave it alone after that. Yeah, it was a dangerous play call, but I trust Josh Allen, and I think you're running Josh Allen into the line. It's one yard, and it worked. But with all the mouths to feed, including Diggs, our offense goes stale. I don't know if our offense goes stale because the mouths to feed. I don't think it has anything to do with Diggs or the mouths to feed. I think it has to do with some of the play calling. It's the inability to consistently run the ball. It's those two things, in my opinion, when it comes to um, the Bills. So, yeah, I think it's those type of things. Lance, you're trying to speak because you're on mute if you didn't know. I was just vehemently disagreeing with you. Um, sorry. <clears throat> Good thing you're back. You're back. So I disagree. I think it's execution. I think we're going stale because on the on the stale. Okay, okay. Dropping balls. We're not blocking our assignments. We're getting Singletary or the running back hit a yard and a half behind the line of scrimmage, and expecting these guys to make three guys miss just to gain four yards. That's just, it's insane. If you, you look at these plays, it's like, you know, you make a guy miss a yard and a half behind the line of scrimmage. Like then you gotta, you get like two yards and you still gotta, you know, make another, like these guys are just doing what they can do. And it's honestly amazing to me how much our running backs don't get the respect because they are constantly making up for poor blocking. And I know they only get three, four yards a carry, but like that's even amazing to me because they're getting blown up a yard behind the line of scrimmage and still 
making three, four yards out of it, typically, if you play the averages. So, I mean, I think that's just a huge execution um, piece that they're missing. And I, it's frustrating because it's not for lack of preparation, you would think. I think they're very well prepared. But it's just a matter of going out there and putting it on the field on game days. You don't see the consistency. And and maybe that's it. Maybe consistency is really the big item we need, right? I think that if these guys can consistently open a hole on one side or another and can consistently catch the ball on certain ball placement throws, then it's going to make Josh Allen's job even easier. And I think that when that you see like if we click on some consistent things in the playoffs, that's when you're really going to see. And that's what happened last year uh, towards the end of the playoffs. And they started call, you know, at the end of the day, they're probably, you know, not calling everything. They're probably taking like, this is the chunk of the playbook we think we're going to have success with um, against this team. And this is what we're going with. And it's not always everything that they could do but they don't need to do it against certain teams. Like you don't like, yeah. Could we have, could we like go into Chicago, whether or notwithstanding, um, say on a normal, normal game where you're not going to have 60 mile an hour wind. Could we go in there and torch them over the top and just expose their secondary? Like, no, like, yeah, we could. And we could come up with all kinds of cool play designs to do that with. And we have them already in our offense, but look, we're, we're going to, at the end of the day, be playing in 60-mile-an-hour wins, and we're playing the Bears. We don't need to necessarily um, do that. We don't necessarily need to show all this stuff, right? So, you know, that's my opinion on that. Drop balls are a major concern. Dawson Knox had a couple drop balls. Uh, Davis has struggled this year uh, with some drops. Obviously, McKenzie two weeks ago against the Jets was a big uh, vocal point with uh, the drop balls. Lance, you're all over the place tonight, man. Yeah, you're sorry, all... bro. I, my computer thinks that uh, it's not plugged in, so give me a second. No, you're good, man. You're good. Do your thing. Do your thing. Love Spencer Brown, but he has been inconsistent. Yeah, Spencer Brown has not been, I would say, consistent. Like, he was very inconsistent his rookie year, and that, it's, it's what you get when you get a third-round rookie, when you get a third-round pick starting at right tackle or playing a lot of snaps at right tackle. But, yeah, he has not been, I, I guess, uh consistent clock there shows flashes where he can be a legit legit future uh, right tackle for us this also shows where you like oh we might have to replace the right tackle or he needs to adjust it's a lot of um it's a lot of like average play from spencer brown keith's coming in oh thank god josh is so mobile and yeah the quarterback would get sacked over and over yeah the mobility with josh allen makes up for the poor offensive I wouldn't say the offense is poor. The Bill, there's a lot of worse O lines in the Bill than the Bills in the NFL, but there's a lot of better offensive lines in the NFL than the Bills. And the Bills are an average offensive line. I would say anywhere from 15 to 18, in my personal opinion. So it could get worse, but it could get much better, and it should get much better. If the Bills want to win a Super Bowl, which you still can still can still do under this team, in my opinion. But yeah, Josh's mobility helps, and it helps with that a ton. So you get that with Josh. You get that with Josh as well. Um, yeah, so you know what? We're going to shift towards the Picasso's Pizza Player of the Game before we get to the Bears game. So I'm going to do the Picasso's Pizza Player of the Game. Shout out to Picasso's for the best pizza in Buffalo. It's got to be Picasso's every night is pizza night. So my Picasso's Pizza Player of the Game, and it's easy to go Josh Allen, so I'm not going to go Josh Allen. 
I'm going to go Dawson Knox. Six catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. He had a, a catch for 45 yards. That was his longest of the night, but he had the game-winning or game-tying touchdown in the fourth quarter that helped the Bills lead to a victory. He was the Bills' number one receiver. He led the team in catches. He led the team in yards, and this was a major game for Dawson Knox. So my Picasso's pizza player of the game from the Bills' victory over the Miami Dolphins on Saturday night in the snow is none other than Dawson Knox. Shout out Picasso's Pizza, the sponsor of the program. So shout out to Picasso's Pizza. Appreciate them doing their things for us. But we're going to keep going here. We're going to keep going here. Lance obviously is having his technical difficulties. Uh, no biggie, no biggie, no biggie. Um, but yeah, we're going to keep going here until Lance can come back on, if he can. No worries. Oh, he's back. He's we're back. So, yeah, sorry about that. I found out I have a bad uh, plug on my power strip, so there's something. Sorry about so that. So, Lance, I gave, you, I gave my Picasso's Pizza uh, player of the game. I'll say my Picasso. So, my Picasso's, if you missed it, I'll do. So, my Picasso's Pizza player of the game was Dawson Knox. Six catches for 98 yards, a touchdown. Obviously, he had the 45-yard touchdown. Uh, not 45-yard touchdown, the 45-yard play. And then he had the game-tying touchdown, and he was the Bills' number one target. Led the team in yards and led the team in reception. So, none other than Dawson Knox was my Picasso's uh, pizza play of the game. So, Lance, who was your uh, player of the game from the Bills' victory? Are we not allowed to say Josh Allen? Is it like You're allowed to say Josh Allen, but I just did it. Oh. I'm going to say Josh Allen because he's the best player on our team, best player in this game, best player in the league, and he just keeps proving it every week. So uh, that's all I can really say about uh, Josh Allen. He's class of the NFL, and uh saw him courtside at the Syracuse game yesterday. Yeah. So that's really cool. He's you know getting things done with the community, see uh, all the things he's doing off the field as well. But you know on the field, he just takes over, and he's uh, – He's got to be the Picasso's player of the game for me. Is Josh Allen? No, none other than Josh Allen. So I'm gonna we're gonna shift towards the Bears game. Keep the comments coming in as always. Um, but yeah, we're gonna shift to the Bears game for the last 15 minutes of the show. Show got a little thrown off. Not Lance's fault. We're gonna blame Lance, but not Lance's fault. Um, we'll we'll, we'll blame the three people. We'll blame the that the that bot that came in and started. Yeah, coming I think so. We'll blame that. So Lance, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start with a little Justin Fields. How do we how to slow down Justin Fields? And when I preface that, how to slow down Justin Fields on the ground. So we'll, we'll take a stab at that. Well, because of the Bears' lack of receiving talent, I think we can probably spy him. Um, yeah, we can probably play some some contain on on the edge. Uh, I hate taking Rousseau out of a pass rushing um assignment just to you know play contain uh but i think that you know it's going to be important to to rush up the middle and daquan jones and ed oliver have been really good at that as of late so um i think we're gonna we're gonna see probably a spy for him because again the the receiving talent's not there so i don't think we need to pay a ton of attention to um, one specific guy or somebody that can yeah. absolutely take the game over and, and wreck us. Um, I, Claypool's hurt. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. So um, he'd be the guy that you would say, you know, he could do it. Um, but I think, you know, we have the guys to handle Claypool anyway, um, given who he is and, and what he's shown so far. So I don't necessarily think that um, 
spying fields would be the worst thing. And, and we have uh, Matt Milano, in case you weren't aware, he's and Tremaine yeah. Edmonds also pretty, pretty fast. Pretty and uh, these guys would be perfect for this kind of role um, because, and especially um, Edmonds, I think too would be would be really good if you really want to say, okay, who's the worst cover guy out of the back uh, seven guys? Then you're going to take Edmonds out of the coverage, and instead of blitzing him. Let's let our four man rush get something going, hopefully up the middle as well. And then mm-hmm. Edmonds is there kind of um, spying and playing just a, a middle zone, uh, waiting to to read fields, both, um, you know, where he might go with the ball and then also uh, on the ground as well. So I think that this defense is pretty well set up with the talent we have where we could actually um, use the spy and be able to use our other uh, six cover guys, and then go with a four-man rush. That's what I would do if if it was me going up against this guy. Yeah, look, the Bears' weapons, like you mentioned, don't they don't do anything for me. They don't scare me. Uh, the Bears have one of the worst offensive lines in the National Football League. If you think you don't like our own line, um, say a prayer that you don't have the Bears' yep. offensive line. So Justin Fields was sacked six times last week against the Eagles. He, I think the Bears have given up the most sacks in the NFL. I'm Pretty sure that's a stat. It's either that or the most quarterback pressures. Whatever. They're bad offensive line. Or they rank 32nd offensive line. Whatever. They're bad offensive line. That's what I was trying to get to. They're not very good. They're not very good. So I wouldn't expect, especially with the potential of the weather, with the wind, with the snow, that the Bears really beat us over the top or in the passing game. They do, then we might have some problems. But I don't think they do. You got to keep Justin Fields in the pocket. They're going to be a lot of design runs. They're going to run this kid into the ground. And poor kid, I feel bad for this kid because the kid's super talented, and I think could be a very good NFL quarterback. Um, and has all the makings to be if they actually know how to, if they know how to build around a quarterback or maybe get some talent. And maybe they do with this uh, this offseason in the draft and via free agency. But it's like it's like when you play Lamar Jackson, you're going to have to put a lot, but a little. But worst passer, I think Justin Fields is. So it's Milano. It's, it's a Milano Edmonds game. It's a Shaq Lawson game off the edge. Um, but yeah, I think the Bills should be fine slowing down in the sense of he's gonna he's gonna give you that run. He's gonna he every game he has that like thirty to forty yard run where you're just like oh. you well, if, the, if the Bears offense is offensive line is as bad uh, as we think it is, then I I just think you know. All, all of the defensive linemen need to eat, but I think our D tackles really need to come out and have a statement game. I think they had a statement game a couple of weeks ago, but exactly. I think well I think good. they really need to uh, really establish themselves, uh, especially Jones and Oliver. I think I really want to see, you know, I want us, you know, especially you coming on and giving your Picasso player of the game and, and thinking about Ed Oliver or Daquan Jones as it, you know, because they were that disruptive. That's what I want to, that's the kind of effort that I want to see this weekend against the Bears is one of those guys kind of come up and, and just kind of wreck the game. Like we know they, we, we expect that they could at some point. And if, if the weakness is uh, interior offensive line here, then we should be able to, to see that from them. So. Yeah, last week the D tackles didn't get a lot of love from PFF besides Daquan Jones. He was the number two rated defensive player on the Bills. He's so solid. He but Ed Oliver was 14 out of 16 on the Bills D tackle wise. Brandon Bryant, well, because he replaced obviously Jordan Phillips. Well, he was 11 out of 16, and Tim Settle was 16 out of 16. So the D tackles did not have their, I would say, most prolific game. 
last week. So that's a big factor. I noticed um, something that uh, Sale said on the radio too is that with them, you know, and when you said settle, that really clicked for me is like when you watched him settle, miss I a couple of arm tackles, and he just comes blazing through the line, right? And he's just a ball of energy. It's great. He wasn't in great position so he's reaching out to do the best he can but at the end of the day those those arm tackles aren't going to work and you know it's because that's the gap he was assigned to and he hits it we're assuming um and that the alignment and and being out of alignment can kind of um lead to those kind of tackle attempts and uh love to see him shooting gaps and things like that but yeah definitely um something was kind of off there and, and why they had to attempt so many kind of arm tackles and, and reach out so often. Yeah. Um, as Mel's coming, I want to see Groot have a big game. He is due. He had two, he had two sacks two weeks ago against the jets. Yeah. Um, and Groot, they seventh uh, PFF given the seventh best defensive player. So I don't think Groot's due. I would love Groot. I agree with your first part of your statement. I would love to have Groot have a big game because that helps the bills, but yeah, Groot he's one of our best defensive uh, players linemen that can stop the run as well. So I think that maybe yes. uh Declan Jones may be the a little bit of the best run stopper if you want to yeah. label them, but I think that Rousseau is Shaq super Lawson, important yeah. to the to the run defense uh, at end. And Shaq Lawson, we'll give a shout out before we get this, uh, a key matchup in against the Bears before and then we'll give you our game predictions and then we'll say we'll say goodnight. But yeah, Shaq Lawson, shout out to Shaq Lawson. PFF 87 pass rush grade, 89 overall grade, the number one defensive player on the Bills, number one overall PFF grade on the Bills against the Dolphins. Man, he's been a ball of energy. He's been two revenge games the last two weeks against uh the Jets and now the Dolphins again. So Shaq Lawson, man, keep it up. With the loss of Von Miller, we're going to need you to keep doing your thing. So, shout out to Shaq Lawson. I feel like he could have been our Picasso's player of the game if we didn't go Allen or Knox. Because I think Shaq Lawson has just been everywhere, making an impact. So, I think, shout out to Shaq Lawson. I think he needed a little uh, little shot out there. But, yeah. we're going to keep moving here. Lance, give me a key matchup against the Bears that uh, draws your attention. Yeah, I think they're going to, because they're going to be kind of sucked up so much into the box to stop the run, and I don't know if it's going to be possible to really hit much over the top, uh, so that's going to help in that regard. But uh, the the rookie wide receiver, Velas Jones Jr., um, has speed. So I uh, want to see how they match up against either a safety or Teron Johnson, um, you know, with a guy that could potentially uh, break one. So um you know, we know they have Montgomery, uh, Khalil Herbert's uh, hurt right now, so he's not playing. Claypool's hurt, so we're not sure if he's going to play. And then the next guy is like, for me, it's Vilas Jones um, Jr. I think that, you know, he's obviously not lit the world on fire as a rookie yet, but um, I think he could have the talent to at least break one play. And I just don't know how the scoring is going to go on Saturday. So, so we really got to make sure that uh, we, we handle that matchup with Vilas Jones Jr. You mentioned uh, Chase, Coop, Chase Claypool's uh, availability for Saturday's game. He was on Tuesday, he was a limited participant. And then today he was a DMP. So he's getting worse. So got worse. I don't think he's going to play. Yeah. And that's a knee injury. And uh, Chase Claypool's uh, injury. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, their guard, he's a neck. He was a limited participant on Tuesday and then a DNP on Wednesday. He was going the wrong way. Um, and St. Brown, one of the other receivers, is back-to-back DMPs with uh, concussions. So they're banged up around the offensive line. They're banged up 
the running back position outside of Montgomery, and they're banged up at the receiver position. A key matchup for me, and I think we go back to this a lot, the Bills running game. Not because the Bills need to run the ball to win this. Not the Bills because the Bills, like, I'm, I'm afraid we're going to lose the game or anything like that, but because of the weather, I don't know the ability to pass. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. 50-mile-per-hour wins. Like, what the heck is that? Like, like what, what, what are we doing in Chicago that we're going to get 50, potentially? And we know. The weather's changed. We clearly saw it on Saturday night. They said snow throughout the game, and then the snow showed up 10 minutes left in the game. It showed up three hours late. So you never know. Weather changes. I bet you it doesn't get to 50, but it's going to be windy. I think we're going there. It's the windy city for a reason. So it's going to be windy on Saturday uh, afternoon. Bill's ability to run the ball. Devin Singletary and James Cook. And don't get it twisted. The Bills are going to still try to find a way to throw the ball. It's the Buffalo Bills. It's Josh Allen. They're going to still first play the game. They're going to drop back and just start slinging it around the yard. But if the Bills want to be successful and keep the ball away from the Bears and just control the game, it's going to have to be uh, 100% Lance. 100%. Just saw your comment. But, yeah, 100%. Um, But, yeah. I think the Bills are going to have to run the ball. Devin Singletary, James Cook. We saw Naeem Hines. We saw Naeem Hines uh, last week with that touchdown. But, yeah, I'm, I, I was excited for the Bills running game. I think the Bills key matchup. So, Lance, you like stopping the run. That was kind of your key matchup, I would say. Yep. Mine is running the ball in the Bills offense. So, what we're kind of saying here is it's going to be a lot of running for both teams, I, I would think. But knowing the Bills, they like to do some crazy things. So, Lance, give me your – so how, how does this work? The Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week. We'll do that, and then we'll get our game predictions, and then we'll get out of here. But how does this work, Lance? Yeah, we uh, say, hey, the Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And I usually like to make a prediction of a player who I think is going to go out on the game day. And usually my show is before the game, but because the NFL likes – crazy schedules i've been having uh, a lot of post-game shows lately um so i just wanted to take a minute and uh do one for this week so hold on one moment i didn't see that so this week's mafia montage maniac of the week is going to be at Oliver. So what we're looking out of those D tackles, right, is to be a game wrecker and completely blow up the run from Justin Fields, from uh, David Montgomery, and whomever else they run out there. I think that those are their best weapons, those two. And uh, controlling the line of scrimmage, especially on the interior, is going to allow Ed Oliver to have a great game. And he's uh, going to be this week's Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week. Awesome. Appreciate it. I love the little, little, love the little video. I might need to give me a, I do a Picasso's pizza video. I just don't have it uploaded here, but it's already nine 30. I know we usually end at nine. We usually start at eight, but we're going to get out of here, but we can't do that without our game predictions. I need like a graphic for game predictions, like an explosion when it comes to game predictions. Dave, if you're watching, I know Dave, you do a lot. So never mind. I'm not going to ask you. Um, Dave does a lot, but game predictions, Lance. So who do you got winning? And what is your score for the Bills Bears on Saturday? Uh, man, this is gonna be ugly. I, it's gonna be like it's it's a weird score. I, it's gonna be a weird score on Saturday. Sixteen to six. You Bills. think sixteen? 
I don't know what this weather's going to do, man. I, I feel like it's always insane. I always think they're, it's overhyped, the weather. That's just yeah. me. That's just me. So I'm going to go. You got 16-6. Sure. That's, that'd, be, that'd be an interesting game. I got the Bills 24. I'm going to go Bears 10. Then the Bills still find a way to get 24 points. Win by 14. You get out of there. You do your thing, and you move on. Are you happy about the win? Bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. The Bills win, and we move on. So Lance got 16-6. I got 24-10. That is gonna be that's gonna do it for the Buffalo Blitz. But before we get out of here, Lance, where can everyone find your show? What time? What day? Where? Social media, all the all the fun stuff. Yeah. So hopefully you're already following Built in Buffalo, which is why you're yes. here and listening you're not to this. Doing that, so, that's a problem. That's a problem. What do you do? So doing? uh first of all, hit hit the like, share, and uh follow on uh YouTube, uh Twitter and Facebook for Built in Buffalo, and then myself at Mafia Montage on Twitter and Lance Nelson on Facebook. And then Saturdays at 7 p.m., I'm joined by the Sauce God, and we have the sit-down uh, live each and every Saturday. And this week will be live at 7 p.m. after the Bills versus Bears game. So come out Christmas and Eve. catch us uh, with a little uh, post-game action. A little Christmas Eve post-game action. With special guest Ismail Valentin. Oh. Izzy is going to come on, get a little red zone report mixed with right. the sit down, and have right. a little uh, have a little rendezvous. Uh, I always start command. I always forget that is Izzy. I always forget that is Izzy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm used to seeing. I don't know. Izzy, change your freaking name to Izzy. I know his name is what his full name is, but nobody. Yeah, it's always Izzy to me. But yeah, guys, I appreciate everyone that is tuned into the Buffalo Blitz. We'll be back next Wednesday, normal time, eight o'clock uh, next Wednesday. If you guys prefer to listen to this in podcast uh, form, Apple Podcast or Spotify, we hit like 80 downloads last week on the podcast po- part of this. So get on it. Yeah. Awesome. Let's go. Follow me on Twitter at DBIC Peter. I'll follow you guys back. Bill and Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, BillBuffaloNews.com, Bill and Buffalo merch. Yeah. Everything built in Buffalo. There's nothing better than built in Buffalo. And we got more bots in the comments. That's a good way to end it. And thank you for blocking it. Oh, Lance, I'll see you in a second because they're gonna they're about to hack you because they're they're mad at you. But that is gonna do it for the Buffalo Blitz. Once again, he was Lance. I uh, was Peter. We'll be back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.